Good morning. Can you hear me? Um, I, uh, I, I was sitting back there, and I was, I'm all, I was all prepared to, uh, to give a nice short message out of Revelation. Uh, and I think I'm going to change messages right now. Uh, well, because, you know, I'll still try to make it short. Um, uh, so yesterday, uh, there's about 20 of us or so, maybe 15, uh, we, we hiked up to the top of Yosemite, and, uh, or Yosemite Falls. It was Yosemite Falls, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, it was an epic hike. Oh, it was awesome. We got up on top and kind of hung over the edge and looked down. We got pictures, like, looking straight down the waterfall. I think we did illegal things, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And uh, while we were up there, um, I, I asked permission to see if I could uh, give this information. But uh, Javen, our, Amy and I, our oldest son, uh, he asked Autumn if... Uh, if she would marry him, and she said yes, and so, uh, <clears throat> so as the sun was setting, and it was like this spectacular view on top of the world, um, they got engaged, so, uh, so as I was thinking about this more and more, uh, I, was, I was thinking, this is a great opportunity for me to uh, just kind of preach a message to Javen, so um, this is all for you, Javen, and a bit of it's for you too, Autumn. But um, so I don't know. You want to just like come and sit right over here and let's preach right to you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. So this this is a bit embarrassing because um, some of you have heard these things before, and Javen, you've heard these things before. I have, I've preached them to you, and you've heard me preach them from the pulpit in different places. And uh, uh, so, anyway, you're just going to hear it again. And uh, I think this is just an appropriate time. Autumn's got her notes ready to go here. Um, and I think, I think it's really applicable to everyone. But, uh, yeah, some of you have heard these things that, that I've preached before, but uh, I think it's such an appropriate time to, to preach this. So, Genesis chapter 2. And, and I'm, I'm going to try to go fast. I know that uh, people need to, to hit the road here pretty quick. But uh, Genesis chapter 2. And um, this is the passage where we see man was originally created. And the responsibilities that man was given. And uh, it is so important for today. Today in the year 2022, we need a real return to biblical manhood and what has happened in our society and, and worldwide. I mean, where are the men? Where are the men? And uh, you remember that story in, in, of course, you remember David and Goliath in uh, 1 Samuel 17. And Goliath comes out morning and evening for 40 days. And uh, so more than a month. And he cries out in his great giant voice. And he, and he yells, give me a man, give me a man, give me a man. And can you imagine this great guy, 10 feet tall, 
rippling with muscles. The guy could just stomp on any of the Israelite uh, 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 soldiers and, and yelling out these words across the canyon. And um, 40 days and 40 nights, and not a single Israelite man was willing to fight in the Lord's battles. And, and this has been a problem even from before, even from before David and Goliath. I mean, right from, from Adam and Eve in, in Genesis chapter 3, it's like, where are the men? Where was Adam to stand up and defend his wife? Where are the men that really are willing to fight the Lord's battles? And so that's my main point this morning is, give me a man, Javen. It is time to be a man. And you've already begun that journey. And now as you get a wife, oh, Autumn needs you to be a man. Um, so Genesis chapter 2. Look at this, verses 15 to 18. The Lord God took the man and He put him into the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray that, uh, I pray for Javen, that you would help him to be a man in the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out his duties as a man and what you have created him to be. Pray that uh, you would help Autumn, help her to be a woman. In every sense of the word, as you created women to be. Lord, I pray that they would use their gifts and abilities to work together as a great team with Christ at the center to make your name great among the nations. Lord, we, we pray that you would raise up men from this group right here. Oh, tremendous need that men would rise up and begin to go forward in the power of your Holy Spirit to fight your battles. And the battle is great. It is raging all around us. And oh, I, it seems to be intensified as, as we get closer and closer to that great day when Christ will return. And here we stand at the end of the ages and really talking about this throughout the week, urgency in these last days, and such an urgency for men, that men would rise up and take their swords, take up their swords and begin to fight in this great battle that rages around us. Oh, to battle and to finish well in these last 60 minutes. So Lord, I pray for Javen specifically, Pray for Autumn as a couple. Help them, Lord, in every area of their lives. At the same time, Lord, each of the men that are here and the families. Oh, Lord, help us to dash to the finish line and to go well. So, Lord, we put these few minutes into your hands. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. If really we're going to do something about um, our society that is crumbling all around us, something has to, it, 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 it has to start, I, I think, just going back from, from just society and our, and our nation, we've really got to fix our churches. I mean, what, what has happened to evangelical churches across our nation? I said it the other day, in a lot of places, it's, it's just kind of a big joke, and we're pre- playing religiosity. And, and it is no longer about Jesus. It's no longer about His Word. It's no longer about the mission that He's given to us. It's no longer about making Christ's name great. Um, we've got to fix our churches. But if we're going to fix our churches, we've got to do something about our, our families. Well, what has happened to our families? If we're going to have successful churches that are really going forward with God's Word and preaching the Gospel and making disciples and missions, if we're really going to do something about that, we've got to fix our families. Something, a return to to biblical families. But if if we're really going to fix our families, it's got to, yeah, go back to the men. The man of the household. Men, we've been given a great task. Oh, Goliath's call. Give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Javen. It's time to be a man. So a couple of um, points here on how God created men originally. Look at verse 15. Genesis 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it or till it. So so what would man's responsibility be there according to verse 15? Work. In Peru, in Spanish, chamba. The Lord has given you chamba. He's given you a work to do. And um, as I mentioned yesterday... It's, 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 you know, a very, probably very low percentage of Christians that are called into like full-time work of, of preaching the gospel in a full-time capacity where the Lord's people support those kind of people. And, and, Lord, and, and Javen, I don't, I don't know if you will be called into that kind of service later on, but uh, the Lord has called you to provide for autumn and, and, and kids that may come a little bit later. And He's given you a work to do. Men, God has given you a work to do. And some are engineers, and some are doctors, and some are taxi drivers, and whatever, an electrician or a plumber. Whatever the Lord has given you to do, work and make Christ's name great in that area of work that God has given to you. It's, it's really surprising to me. This is the first thing that's listed. Right as soon as man is created, God has breathed into him the breath of life and immediately puts him into the garden to work. Men were made to work. I am amazed here in California at uh, how many, the homeless problem. And uh, man, I, I get to share the gospel with people all of the time but I was talking to a guy the other day, I guess it was two months ago or now, uh, two months ago or so now, but this guy that I was sharing the gospel with, 
He actually, he said, man, I want to hear more about Christ, what you're talking about. Listen, the government gives me this card and, and I get $20 a day on my card that I can go out to eat. And I lost my card for like two months and I looked it up. I got $4,000 on my card and, and I, I just want to take you out for a steak dinner and we can talk more about this. And oh, I, wow, this is awesome, steak dinner. But I just thought, the government just gives men $20 a day to live in a tent somewhere. And actually, they had given him an apartment also, but he prefers to live in his tent out in the park. And uh, the, 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 the apartment is kind of his, uh, his storage unit. But uh, it's kind of like, you're a man, you were made to work. Men, you were made to work. I have met so many young men. Now, I, I, I think I said the first day that I have the gift of offending people. This might offend some people. But uh, I have met so many young men. They're in their 30s. Some even approaching 40. And they still live with their parents in the basement. And they spend about eight hours a day playing Xbox. Playing video games. Men, you were made for greater things than these. Javen, you were made for greater things than video games. And, and I'm not, yeah, Javen isn't addicted to video games. I'm not singling him out. But, uh, oh, men, work. You were made to work. I have three girls beautiful young ladies and uh, they know that they're not allowed to talk to boys until they're 40 years old <laughs> but um, at some point I know some guy's gonna come knocking on my door and he's gonna want to um, start dating Bria or later on Maya Elia yeah this is 40 years from now but uh <laughs> And I've got many questions that I'm going to ask this guy. And uh, we're going to sit down and uh, before we, yeah, they can start in a dating relationship, recording or whatever you want to call it. We'll sit down and, and I'm just going to say, punk. <laughs> I've got several questions. And uh, as I'm polishing my guns and things like that, I'll... one of my first questions is, punk, you know how to work? I, I want some guy that knows how to provide for his family to marry one of my daughters. Yeah, there's lots of other things, that, that, but one of those things is they need to know how to work. They need to know how to provide for their family. And once, I'm not talking about you need to be rich or anything like that, but you need to provide for your family. Javen, you've got to provide for your family. You need to Autumn is going to cost a lot of money. And kids come and it's going to cost even more. And you have got to be able to provide. And yes, once again, you don't need to be the richest person or have the biggest house or whatever, but you need to provide a roof over the head of your family. You've got to be able to put food on the table and also hopefully provide enough that you can then give to the Lord's work. Men that know how to work. Um... You know, it's interesting, this idea of men working, now I kind of picked on the younger men. Where are the young men that work? Now I'll pick on the old men. 
You don't see anything in the Bible about retirement. And now I understand you work in a career for, for 40 years or, or, or maybe longer and, and you've, now you've saved up enough money and you're able to retire from that job. And, and I don't have a problem with that, but listen, do not, please, old men, do not spend the last 25 years of your life golfing and collecting seashells and traveling in your RV to Yosemite. Uh, some of that's okay. But listen, we need the old men to spend your best years, really. You've spent your life walking with the Lord, studying the Scriptures, cultivating an intimate relationship with the Lord. You, you know things. You've had experiences. And now we need the older men to pour into the younger men. Make disciples. Now you're a self-supporting missionary. Now you kick it into high gear. Retirement, this idea of you just kind of spend the last 25 years of your life kicking back and, 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 and sipping a pina colada or whatever it is. and No, 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 just wasting your life. Don't do that. Where are the men? Give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Secondly, you see in verses 16 and 17, the Lord commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So basically there, God's giving Adam a command. He's saying, look, I've put you into this garden. I've given you a job to do. And now one of the things I want you to do is obey. And lead your family in obedience. I've given you all this great garden of Yosemite that you can, all these wonderful things that you can do, but there's one tree that I've put there, and I'm commanding you do not eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what does man do? It seems like it's the very next day, and immediately man sins. Now, we read the story in chapter 3, it seems like it's the very next day. And uh, there they are walking through the garden in autumn. No, Eve. She is tempted by the boa. The boa is, is in the tree there. And the boa comes down and he gives a really good sales pitch. I mean, the, the, the mango. I'm sure it was a mango. It wasn't an apple. It was a mango. And, and mangoes are the best. And anyway, it looks good. It, 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 it feels good. They say it tastes good. And Eve is deceived. Yet Adam is, he's held accountable. And we see the man is held accountable throughout Scripture. Not the woman, really. Uh, yes, the woman was deceived, but it's the man who has the responsibility. And it's interesting, the woman eats, but it, it, it says, and it, and it implies, Adam was with her. She ate and turned and gave the fruit to Adam who was with her. So just imagine this. They're kind of walking through the garden and, and together Eve starts this conversation with the boa. And, and, and Adam is just kind of sitting behind Eve. Oh, my wife's talking to the boa. They're talking about eating the fruit that God said not to eat from. 
my wife is eating of the fruit. Oh, okay, I'll have some too. You know, he should have said, honey, oh, Autumn, sweetie, and, and give her a kiss, a good slobbery kiss. Honey, just, just stand back, not until you're married. Stand back, Eve, stand back. Boa, why are you messing with my wife? This conversation's with me. And, and this is a problem with men right from the beginning. For some reason, we're passive. I have this problem being passive. Oh, Javen, don't be passive. Don't be passive. This is a hard thing for us. And Adam, we see it right from the beginning. Men, we're so passive. It is time to be a warrior. It is time for you to stand up, obey God, lead Autumn in obedience, and lead your children in obedience, your whole family. This is one of your main things that you were created to do. Work and obey God. Give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Men, as they were originally created, and this I know it really goes against the grain of kind of manhood, gender, all of the confusion today. But if we just go back to the beginning of the Bible and you just look, man, as they were originally created, Javen, I've told you this many times, you've heard it, um, but kind of a code of conduct in our family. Live pure, speak true, right wrong, follow the king. And I stole that from Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. It's not, not a Bible verse. But the concept is biblical. Javen, live pure. Oh, flee from sexual sin. Flee from pornography. Stay pure for your wife. Live pure, men. Speak true. Tell the truth. Live a life of telling the truth. Greatest way you can tell the truth is preach the word. This is truth. And Javen, you're preaching in your church. Keep preaching the word wherever you go, whatever you do. Preach truth, but tell the truth in all areas of your life. Live pure, speak true, right, wrong. You see that someone's done something wrong and it's in your power to fix it, to do it, to right that thing? Right, wrong. Or you've done something wrong. And there will be times when you wrong your wife. It's hard to humble yourself and admit that you're wrong. Oh, I have such a problem with this and I hope you haven't inherited from me. But right, wrong. You've done something wrong. You need to be humble and admit that it was wrong and ask for forgiveness, right, wrong, and then follow the king. Jesus is your king. I'm talking, follow the king. I'm not telling, talking King Trump or, or, or King Biden. Yes, we need to submit ourselves to the authorities, but our king is King Jesus. Follow the king. Follow the king. Live pure, speak true, right, wrong, follow the king. Another thing under this, you've got God to obey. Um... And you've heard me say all of this, all of these things. And I'm just reminding you on this great day. Um, you sow a thought and then you'll reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You reap a character or you sow a character, you reap a destiny. And so you sow a thought, you start to think certain things. Good things will take you to 
good actions. Good actions to good habits. Good habits take you to a good character. From a good character, it's going to, you're going to end up in a good destiny, a good place. Now, I'm not talking about like destiny as far as eternal destiny, heaven or hell. Um, just the course of your life. And it all starts with your thoughts. The battle is in the mind. You start sowing bad thoughts, sinful thoughts. It's going to take you to wrong and sinful actions. Wrong and sinful actions, pretty soon, a wrong and sinful character. That character is going to take you to a certain destiny at the end. Oh, it, a battle for the mind. After this, the next couple of, uh, or the next verse in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. This helper is obviously, it's talking about Eve. And you have chosen Autumn to be your helper. And Autumn, you have agreed to be his helper. Now, now, Autumn, don't be offended at the word helper. And, and, and some of the women here, I know that like our tendency in these days, in this day and age in which we live, it's like very offensive. What? The woman is a helper? Don't be offended about this because look at this. This word in Hebrew for, for helper is, apparently comes up 30 times in the Old Testament. Helper, 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 helper. I, I won't say it 30 times. It comes up 30 times. And every other time that this word comes up, it refers to God being the helper. The only other time that this word is referred to as somebody's a helper, it's always God, except for one time, it's the woman helping her husband. Amazing. What a great honor. Now, both of you have different gifts and abilities, and you come together and you use those gifts and abilities to make Christ's name great. You, we, as human beings, we equally have this mission of making Christ's name great, making God's name great among the nations, waving the flag of Zion across the world, even in the worst parts of the planet, and maybe the Lord will send you to one of the worst places on the planet, and go, 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 and Autumn, help your husband. And Javen, help your wife. And, but the different roles, and you see it even in the Trinity, different roles, one God who's revealed himself in three persons, but each one is distinct in their role and function. And within the Trinity, that perfect relationship in the Trinity, and then that relationship within husband and wife, different roles, equal in, in value. Maybe there's different abilities here. I think you, you kind of out, you're out marrying yourself here. She's, she's a good one. She's a good, you got to steal. Autumn, you to help your husband. Okay, this is, um, I'm just going to tell this illustration. Um, and, and I've told this many times. And, and I always kind of think maybe I shouldn't say it. But um, <laughs> so one time, many, many years ago, Javen was like two years old, three years old or something. We went and I was preaching in Dallas, Texas at this uh, assembly that we didn't know anybody there, but we arrived and they had given us an address to go to. It was one of the elders and we showed up at their house. We just had two little kids at this time, but we, we showed up and, um, and the whole family was on the sidewalk in front of their driveway there to greet us as we pulled up. We didn't know them. We pull up and we get out of our car. Now we have a big, huge van. And it was a little car. 
Um, but anyway, we, we get out and um, uh, the whole family's there and they've got seven kids. They're just like, cut like this. And all of them are standing there, sacando pecho, así. And uh, mother and father and all the kids. And uh, I just thought, man, so many kids. How, what about overpopulation? This is irresponsible. But uh, I came out and, and I, I shook the guy's hand and all, all the kids' hands. And all the kids are like, I mean, bien apretado. Good handshakes looking me right in the eye. And, and it was just a mate like, what kind of a family is this? And we go into the house, and the house was just amazing. The, these kids were homeschooled, but they, they weren't like normal homeschoolers. They were like, I mean, they, they were socially able and everything like that. It was, it was amazing. And uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, as we're in the home, it was just, it was unbelievable. The kids had cooked the dinner. The, the kids were like, one kid was vacuuming, and another kid was like dusting, or I don't, I just remember like, I, I can't remember all the details, but it was amazing. The family was amazing. And uh, after I, I eat, um, and we're eating, and the whole time, the husband is like giving back rubs to, 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 to his wife. And then, he, and then after a while, uh, we're just talking. He got done with the back rub and he switched and he started giving her a foot rub, like took her shoe off and like foot rub there. And, and uh, it was just like, uh, so then and we're talking to the wife and I said, okay, time out, time out. <laughs> time out, like this is unbelievable. How did you have a, how do you have a home like this? This is amazing. Your home is amazing. I was saying it to the woman because she was very, it was obvious she, she was running this home and it was awesome. And, um, and I just said, yeah, how, this is amazing. And she said, thank you very much. I did everything for my husband. <laughs> I, <laughs> I almost fell over. I thought she was going to say, thank you very much. I did everything for you guys, our visitors. But no, thank you very much. I did everything for my husband. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe Amy gave me a, a, like a, an elbow. Did, <laughs> did you hear that? And, and uh, or, or no, no. Uh, uh, I said, did you hear that? And she, <laughs> did you hear that? And, and she goes, no, but look how he treats her. <laughs> and it just made me think, you know, the roles. When the husband is loving his wife as he should, it makes it so much easier for the wife to carry out her role and her function. And all of a sudden, it's like the home is heaven on earth. When the roles are being carried out. Now, now, I know we have lots of problems and there are many broken homes here. And, and I don't want you to like, you, you hear this and you're like, oh yeah, it, it, it's my husband's fault. He's not treating me right and so I'm not treating, see, it's all out of whack and it's, it's not my fault. You know, you're still going to be judged on judgment day. Not by how your spouse treated you. But if you honored the Lord in the way that you were supposed to be acting with your role within your marriage, within your family. So, this is, I mean, some could be like, you know, kind of like, well, Micah, you don't understand. My husband is, is really hard to love. My wife is, is really hard to love. And I understand that some of you are in very difficult marital relationships or come from very difficult families but you know what according to Romans 8 29 8 28 and 8 29 all things work together for the good of those that love him if you love the Lord everything in your life works together for good 
even your difficult family life, even your difficult spouse, and there will be difficult moments, Javen, but those moments are working for good. And verse 29 there, 829, what the good is, is to mold you into the image of Christ. That's what the good is. And God is working to mold you more and more into the image of His Son. You can apply this to the churches. That difficult brother in your assembly? That difficult sister in the gospel hall? You know what? It's actually a blessing that they're there. Because God is using that person or your spouse or your child or that difficult person to mold you into the image of His Son. He's teaching, Javen, God will teach you so many things through marriage that you just can't learn outside of marriage. You, you, you can't learn these things without being married. And you're going to learn so much. Oh, crash course is coming. <laughs> Autumn, you're going to learn so much. And there's going to be difficult moments. But you've got to remember Romans 8, 28 and 29. All things work together. Even your difficult spouse works for good to mold you into the image of His Son. So, so you've got a work to do. You've got God to obey. And Javen, you've got a woman to love. And those are kind of my three points right there with this main thing of, give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Javen, be a man. These three responsibilities that God created you, He gave you life, and these three responsibilities, man as he was originally created. Now, another thing that I want to say here. Now, this is, I admit, this is bad hermeneutics. I know Charlie Epps is going to be upset with me for this one. But uh, you know that parable where Jesus, uh, he talks about how there is um, a, a certain landowner and he puts these, these uh, stewards in charge. And I think he gives one one talent, another one two talents, another one five goes away and then he comes back and, and the guy with five multiplied it to ten. The guy with two multiplied it to four. The, the other one with one, he just buried it. And he's like, you fool! What have you done? Okay, here's my bad hermeneutics. This is not what the passage is teaching. But I want to apply it. Many applications. Let's apply this to marriage. Some of you have been given a five-talent wife. Men. Some of you have been given a five-talent wife. I've been given a five-talent, like the highest amount of talent that you can get. This is amazing. And here's the big deal. Men, one day you're going to have to turn your wife back in. God has entrusted you with a certain daughter of His for a limited amount of time. Javen, God has given you a certain daughter of, of His, Autumn, daughter of God. And He, God is entrusting you to Javen for a certain amount. And it's your responsibility in many ways to make her flourish, make her grow, multiply. I'm not talking about in children. Maybe that will happen. But just make her flourish and you're going to have to turn her in one day. Turn her back in one day to go. Yeah, not to say, you're, you're still God's. You're God's daughter, ultimately responsible to Him and everything like that. But in a way, God entrusts men. He's entrusted you with a wife. 
And really, you're going to stand before him one day. How will your wife, what's she going to look like? Spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, mentally speaking, all of that. How's she going to look when you turn her back in? You know, on that day when Amy and I got married and uh, we walked down the aisle, there's like 500 people at our wedding. We got married pretty much right out of high school and a lot of our high school friends were there and the whole church was, was full on the bottom and there was this upper level. Everybody was up on top there and I had never been in front of so many people before and, and I was waiting up in front and, and then Amy, Amy came, came down the aisle. Everybody stood up. Everybody came down the aisle and uh, Doug, Amy's dad, walked her up the aisle and then he put her hand in mine and he whispered almost whispered low voice to me looked at me and he goes love her love love her and and at that moment like i i, I was like shaking is like yes sir yes sir i i mean i was so i i realized at that moment yes fearing my father-in-law but at the same time, recognizing I've got a whole lot of responsibility right here. This daughter of Doug Steller, and I've been entrusted, now he's giving her to me. This daughter of God, and he's actually entrusted me with this woman, this daughter of his. Oh, the responsibility that you have, young man. Oh, the responsibility that you continue to have, old man. Oh, you've got to turn her back in one day. Give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Javen, be that man. You've got a work to do. You've got God to obey. And you've got a woman. Now you've got a woman to love. And so now to somehow kind of make this all fit together with the whole week in my theme. I don't know if I'll be able to just totally out of the yeah I wasn't going to preach this but I just felt like man what a, what an opportunity my first born son and now you are going to enter into this marriage relationship and yesterday epic moments as the sun is setting and you're engaged oh autumn so excited to have you joining the family but uh Javen Maybe not just you. Everyone and anyone that this would apply to. Get out of the cave. <laughs> Got to get out of the cave. 60 minutes to go. Here in living as, as a married couple. And not just to you, but any, all of the married couples. You've got 60 minutes to go. Here at the end of human history. Let's live for the Lord and your marriage relationship. This is the greatest tool for the gospel. When the world sees a marriage that is firmly rooted in God's word, with Christ at the center, this is the biggest thing that will point people to the truth of the gospel. Families with Christ at the center, healthy marriages, and just 60 minutes to go, it's going to rain. We're coming so close to judgment day. Go for it as, as a team with gifts and abilities, preaching the gospel, making Christ's name great just before judgment day when it begins to rain. Hell has no exits. There are people all around us that are going to hell. 
What will we do with the gospel? Men that stand up and go forward with this great work that we have. Whether you are a a Christian psychologist or counselor, which you've studied and you've got the degree, whether you go with that, but your real job is prayer and evangelism and missions. Wherever that is, making Christ's name great. And you're already doing that. But the Lord gives you a secular job and you go for it, but you realize I've got 60 minutes to go. I'm going for it. Hell has no exits. People are going to hell. I want to make Christ's name great, sharing the gospel wherever I can. can. And your identity is, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. And then, last of all, yesterday I was talking about, it is time to put hands to the work. Hands to the work. Hands to the work. One of those major areas to put our hands to the work is our own marriages. Our own families. So so that we might make Christ's name great through our family and through our marriage. So men, give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. Javen, be that man. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this week. The tremendous opportunity that it has been to be here together. And to encourage one another to see your creation, to pray together, to open your word together, to be challenged. Lord, I pray that you would raise up men. I pray that you would raise up women. I pray that you'd raise up couples and families that would make Christ's name great. Oh Lord, we have failed in so many ways. I have failed in so many ways. I have not carried out the role as I should have. I pray that there would be a real revival in our lives as individuals and then in our our families and then it can spread into our churches and then across the nation. But Lord, something has to be done about the men. I pray that you would raise up men. I pray for Javen right now that he would be a man. A man in every sense of the word, the way that you created men to be. That he would be a man that goes about his work, whatever that work is. Of course, the first and primary work of making your name great. Living for you. That he would go forward as a man, providing for his family, but then leading his family in obedience. Lord, raise up men right here in this amphitheater. Men that would go forward obeying you leading their families in obedience. And men that really love the wife that you have entrusted them with. Help Javen to love Autumn, this daughter of yours, that he would love her as Christ loves the church. An amazing responsibility, impossible responsibility. Well, Without you, absolutely impossible. But in the power of your Holy Spirit, looking to you, help Javen. Help the men right here, Lord. And we pray that we might go forward realizing there's such a short amount of time in comparison to eternity. We're here for just 60 more minutes of human history. Help us to go forward, Lord, on our knees. Help us to go forward with men leading the battle leading with this battle cry. 
So Lord, we put our lives into your hands asking that you would be exalted and magnified and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.